Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.
going to continue in worship this morning. And I just want to invite you just to let go of everything that you're holding on to tight today. And really just to worship our good God who is worthy of all the praise we bring to
great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to
huge shout of praise real life. Come on, come on, give it up for him this morning. Man, real life, real life, you are looking good and you're sounding better. And it is so, just such an honor for us for you to be here with us today. I just wanna give you a special greeting. Thank you for being here at KT today. And I wanna give an extra special shout out to everybody who's joining us online. So, so throw up some likes, throw up some hearts, let us know you're here. And hey, everyone here in the room, can we give our online folks just a huge shout? Just welcome them, make them feel good this morning. You are our honored digital guest and we're glad you're here. Go ahead and be seated, go ahead and be seated. If you are brand new today, online or here in the room, let me just say again, we are honored that you are here worshiping with us today. That is just so cool. And I would love for you to get your phone out right now if you're brand new. And I want you to text RLNEW to 97000. Someone from our connection team just will reach out to you this week, answer any questions you might have, and just make you feel like a welcomed and honored guest. And that's you online too. Get that phone out. Do it now. We would just love to connect with you this week. And if you're here in the room, special bonus, we would love for you to check out our new here booth right after this gathering. We have a special gift just for you, just as our, our little token of thanks for being here this week. You know, Real Life Church, we're a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose through Jesus. And another way we like to say that is we're a church for the unchurched. So there might be someone in this room or watching online. This might be your first Sunday in a church and who knows when, maybe forever. You can just be who you are here at Real Life. And we, we want to honor that. We just want to meet you where you are, welcome you, answer any questions you have. So just thank you so much for doing that. And thank you if you brought a friend out today. That's huge too. Now, some of you, you might have been here for a little bit and you might be thinking, man, Drew, you know, I, I love being here in the gatherings and everyone's so friendly, but I just feel like there's something a little bit more you're in luck, all right? We're gonna start those next steps over today. Number one is new to church. And I'm telling you what, guys, this is the best time to just dive in head first. After our second gathering, about noon, give or take, Pastor Sean and Diane will be in that next steps room right down the hallway here. And they just wanna kinda tell you a little bit about who we are at Real Life, where we've been, and more importantly, where we're going. And we just know that God has an awesome plan for your life and we just hope and pray that you're a part of that story of where we're going. So if you've never done Next Steps before, you've never done New to Church, what are you waiting for? Come on and join us in the Next Steps room. You'll be glad you did. And uh, real quick, uh, I have some extra exciting news, breaking news, breaking news. Today, life groups have gone live. Now, come on, church, who's excited for some life groups? Man, you know, one thing Pastor Sean says that I love, he talks about how real life, we're not just a church that features life groups. Man, real life is a church that's made up of life groups. Life groups, that's where the connection happens. That's where you find people who are like-minded. That's where you encourage each other to grow and you just make a huge impact on a group of people. And I can say this from experience, every life group that my wife and I have been a part of, we have left with lifelong friends. I mean, come on, that's huge, somebody, to have some good Christian fellowship in your life. So you might be nervous, you might be thinking, eh, I don't know if I wanna do that. Why don't you just, just do me a favor, go to reallifechurchkc.com. I want you to scroll through those groups and I guarantee you'll find a group 
that looks cool to you. And you know what? Just let's stop and you just click that button. See what happens. It'll be cool. I promise you won't be mad you did. All right. Well, guys, speaking of things you won't be mad about today, we have a very special guest. We've been honored to have this young man uh, join us here and uh, preach ever so often, give us a good word. So we're going to learn how to think about what we think about, get all those toxic thoughts and uh, give those to God. And so Brian Mason, why don't you come teach us something this morning? Can you guys give a warm welcome? We got Brian Mason in the house. Woo! I know I'm excited. Thank you, Drew. Oh, what are you doing? How are you? I'm just in this mood. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it today. I think that what's really going on with me is that I have tried since Wednesday, since Sean called me to get out of this. And God's like, no, you're doing this. And you're doing it the way that I want you to do it. I'm saying, okay, fine. So if I can make myself out to be an idiot in front of you and you get uh, to be able to grow from that. Amen. Right. So, hey, listen, thank you for the worship today. It was unbelievable. You guys are incredible. Can we give them a round of applause just one more time? It's great. Thank you, guys. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I kind of want to just be a little serious with you. Is that okay? See, they give you this time frame to, to preach in, and it's like 25 minutes. And I say to myself, in 25 minutes, I only have time for like three or four jokes. But that's not even true. I really have time for one, so i got to save it. So right now, I want to be serious with you. I want to tell you something today. And what I'm about to tell you, the story that I'm going to tell you, is a little bit about my life. And what I'm about to tell you could get me fired. Now, I don't really have a job, so that's not really going to be a big deal right now, at least in ministry. So I guess I could get fired and it won't matter. But I could be asked to not volunteer or something crazy like that. As a, as a pastor or somebody in ministry, if you struggle, then you're kind of seen as not eligible to do the job. You know what I mean? And so pastors find that they can't really talk about the things that they go through, but the little secret is that you and I, we're no different. The only difference with me is I love to be up on stage doing public speaking. Most people hate that. I love it. So we're not that different. So what I want to ask you today is if we could come to some sort of an agreement. You're already here. And you get to sit in a seat and just be silent and be in your thoughts so for you, being vulnerable, it's a little easy right now. Does that make sense? So you can just be honest with yourself. Nobody has to know. I'm going to do it publicly. I'm going to be vulnerable with you because what we're talking about in this series really defines probably the past two years of my life in my ministry. And so if I figure if I'm going to do it publicly, then surely you could do it privately. Amen? We good with that? And if you don't like it, doors to the left. My left, your right. It's okay. I won't be mad at you. It's fine. Boy, I tell you, we need to pray. Oh, my goodness. Can we just pray for a minute? Oh, Lord. What are you doing? Well, I know what you're doing. Father, you are so good. Lord, you are special. In being with you as your son or your daughter through Jesus, your son, that's special. We never know what you're going to do, really. We're just following you because you're worthy to be followed and you're incredible. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts and we get to be a part of that. Father, I want to pray for somebody today or somebody's. 
Maybe she's here or maybe he's here. Maybe they're online. Father, I pray that you would just set them free today. Today is a time of surrender and a time of freedom because our thoughts run wild. And it's so important what we're talking about. So have your way with us. God, how we love you and how we praise your holy name today, Father. Amen. Oh, we ate up a lot of time already, folks. Here we go. Story goes that two salesmen wake up on the same morning and they see a crazy rainstorm outside. One salesman looks at the crazy storm and says, wow, what a storm. They can't expect a guy to go out and make sales on a day like this. Best I stay home. The other salesman wakes up, sees the same storm and says, wow, what a storm. What a great day to go make sales. Most everybody will be home, including the other salesman. Isn't that funny? Not one laugh, are you kidding? No, the time of being serious was the beginning. Now we've prayed. Now that was my one joke. Seriously? I'll work on that for the next one. Next one, I'm going with the other joke. Remind me. I'm done with that one. It's no good. Jeez. Proverbs 23, 7. If you spend any kind of time with me, I can't believe no one laughed at that. I'll be thinking about that for a week. Proverbs 23, 7. If you've spent any time with me in the past year especially, this verse has been like the theme for me. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's the first part of that verse. There's a whole section that that goes into, but just that part of it right there. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And the biblical idea of a heart, it's not your heart where you're pumping blood. It's not an organ. Your heart in the biblical sense is your entire being. It's your essence, who you are. So who you are in your thoughts, that's who you become. Amen. Your hearts drive your emotions. Emotions are energy in motion, drives your actions. I think it's Beth Moore that says your emotions are indicators, not dictators of what you should do. But our thoughts go wild, but they can and they go wild in two different ways. And this verse stands out to me because I want to tell you when I first got into ministry, long story short, we came into this crazy time of praying and fasting, and I was an absolute disaster. And through that time, I learned to give God the great the praise and just be grateful for everything in my life, whether it was bad or whether it was good. And that's just what I did. My prayer time turned in turned into a time of just praise and worship. I didn't even ask him for what I needed. I didn't care. It didn't seem to matter. I got to spend time with the living God, and he just rested his peace on top of me. It was absolutely amazing. And when I came out of that time of praying and fasting, I'll never forget, it was almost like that voice was so clear in my head, it just said, now. And I knew what it meant. I ran to the computer, and I looked for a job as a youth pastor, and I found one in some town called Belton, Missouri. It was incredible. I had an interview with this pastor, and this is how, if anyone ever wants to hire me, maybe even after today, if you want to hire me, he took me out to lunch to, for the interview. I thought, this guy is amazing. If we're going to have lunch meetings all the time, I'm in. Don't care what you pay me, I'm in. But we sat down, and he asked me this question. He said, what's your plan for my youth group? I got kids that I care about and that I love. It's struggling. There's only like four of them in it, but I love them. What's your plan? And I just sat there and I looked at him and I said, I don't know. I don't know your kids, but I can tell you that I will spend my time chasing after God and finding out what he wants for them because ultimately they're his kids and that's what we'll do. And he looked at me and he said, you know, all my years of ministry, I've never heard anyone say that. And he'd been in ministry for 30 years. He said, everybody has a plan. They're going to come in and this is what they're going to do. 
And I find it refreshing that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> nice. But in my head, my thinking, my heart, I didn't have a plan because I knew it was his plan anyway. So I just followed. As a man thinks, so is he. So I started going after these kids and none of them liked me. It was like four of them. And the craziest thing was, I didn't have an education at the time. I just had a high school education. And so I was like, well, I need to go to like a Bible college if I'm going to be a pastor. Oh, well, there's a Bible college in Belton. What's the chances? Fantastic. I wasn't getting paid much as a part-time youth pastor, so I needed a job. Guess who was hiring? The Bible college was hiring. Fantastic. I've always dropped out of school. I was never good at school. And I remember my first semester, I was, look, I was in this New Testament class. And I was about to fail. I said, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I'm 30 years old at the time. I'm a grown man, for crying out loud. Why am I struggling? And so I thought about dropping the class. But I didn't. Because I remembered that, you know what, God put me here, so he must have a plan of what he's trying to do. So I need to put in my full effort. I changed my thoughts, right? It was a great day to make sales with the rain coming down so hard. Same idea. And so I went. And I finished. And I even hit dean's list one time or honor roll, whatever they call it. I mean, I was doing great. If I didn't transfer all these bad grades from when I was 18, I would have finished with honors and all kinds of crazy stuff. You know what's really exciting is that about halfway through it, my wife went back to school with me. So now my wife and I are going to school. My mother-in-law made me promise when I was going to marry my wife. She said, I want you to promise me that you will make her finish school. And I got to keep that promise. And I think she wanted me to do it when we first got together at like age 20. But whatever. 33 is close enough. I fulfilled the promise. You know what I'm saying? I know you're watching. I did it. It just took me a little longer. Sorry. I think what she has, her idea for what we should have done is far different than mine. She was probably right. But anyway, whatever. Here we were. So here we were. Check this out. I was working a full-time job. I was working a part-time job in ministry. The ministry was growing 20, 30, 40, 50 kids. It grew all the way up to 100 kids. Incredible. I had a wife and two kids. I thought I would, looking back, I must, I must have been insane to take that workload. But it didn't seem like it was any big deal. We had kids coming to Jesus. We were doing baptisms. It was unbelievable. Because we followed him and let God work. Every thought that I had, I just got it out of my head and said, God, what do you want to do? And I just kept going after it. It was incredible. It was an amazing youth ministry. And I, it's hard to even talk about it without just getting so emotional because the kids were amazing. But things are the way that they are, and, and we moved. God moved us. And he made me a lead pastor. Incredible. And I got promoted at the college. Now I have a staff under me. So now I'm still working full-time, part-time. I just finished college, which you want to see the coolest thing. So my wife and I went back to college together. And when I walked across the stage, see, I stood first because my name's B, Brian, and her name is Stephanie. So I went first, and I walked across the stage, and they had me wait at the end of the stage. And then they called my wife across the stage, and I waited there. And when she got there, we flipped our tassels together. Isn't that cute? Good Lord, we are adorable. Look at this picture I found. I just sent it to them. Look at us. Boy, I know. And then your boy, my parents couldn't, never, they couldn't even believe that I got my college degree. And they, and they freaked out when I got my master's degree. And then Steph went back and she got her master's degree. Hmm, promises made, promises kept. That's my election year cycle. Promise. Crazy. I had to throw some election joke in there. So crazy right now. But we went back and we did that. And it was all because that's what God wanted us to do. And I became a senior pastor and I fell in love with preaching. 
And I think about how, why I fell in love with preaching is because I'm so terrible at everything else. I look at Sean run this church, and I think to myself, he could have been one of the Avengers with his, like, the way that he organizes things. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be a superhero, the organizer or something, and it blows my mind. I spent thousands of dollars on an education. They didn't teach me any of that, and that's what I need. But whatever. But we have Sean, so thank God for that. So, anyway, I'm preaching and doing things great. But I'm becoming worn out. Because at some point I made this switch in my mind. Maybe for you, you've done the same thing. Maybe you're not in ministry, but maybe when it comes to your job. Or maybe when it comes to your wife. Or maybe when it comes to your husband or your kids. At some point, something happens ever so subtle, doesn't it? All of a sudden, the normal is not enough. There's something in there that I just not quite right. And it just started driving me crazy for myself. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, it just drives me crazy. What is it? I was tired. I just wanted one job. Can I just have one job, please? But God had other plans. Something came up, this whole church plant idea. All of a sudden, we gathered a bunch of people together, and they wanted to plant the church, and they wanted me to be the pastor. Well, that sounded good. In my mind, I thought, okay, maybe I can start taking control of the situation, Right? It kind of eased my fear about what was going on. You know, sometimes that sense of control gives us that false sense of security. Amen? And I'll never forget when I was at my church, when I was a pastor, I was walking out. We had two buildings separated by a breezeway. And I walked out, put my hand on the banister to go down into the sanctuary. And I'll never forget this feeling I got. I can't tell you what God said to me because it was more of a feeling. But it was don't do it. This is where I called you. This is where you're to be. And it felt so good to hear him say that. And it must have been even better to walk down those steps and know that I wasn't going to listen. Isn't that terrible? When I left, one of my deacons told me, he looked at me and said, God called you here. Now you're telling me he's called you there. I don't believe it. It doesn't make sense. And you know what? He was right. But I did it anyway because I wanted the control. Because I thought that I could do it better, and I thought that I could do it faster. What a joke. So I did. Six months later, that fell apart. Can you believe it? I can't believe that didn't work out. Unbelievable. Crazy. But what a lesson we learned. And how amazing is it that even though we go through, we try to take control, and we do things that God doesn't want us to do, or we don't listen, that he forgives us. Amen? And he wasn't done with me just because I was foolish. So he brings young life into my life. I always wanted to do young life. And I get this great opportunity to be a young life area director. It was like a dream come true. And if I thought my schedule when I worked full time and part time and went to school and all this stuff was hard, I wasn't ready for anything that young life was about to bring. Oh, man. The schedule is insane. And I loved it but it wasn't good enough. It still wasn't what I thought it should be. And I got so trapped in my mind that I couldn't even hear what God wanted to do. And you want to talk about the grace of God. We had an amazing youth, uh, young life ministry. We had even amazing leaders. And the stuff that God was doing had nothing to do with me because I was an absolute wreck. I owe everybody an apology for the way that I led that ministry. Because nobody knew that I was doing it on my own. 
and I was growing increasingly frustrated. Check out this verse in Jeremiah 17. We've got to go Old Testament folks to get this. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. That is so true. You're living your life for your own or trying to do the things that you think is going to make you happy or is going to fulfill you. This is how you feel. And if you're being honest with yourself, just be honest. You know that's true. It's an empty feeling. But instead of turning from that, I turned into that. And I just kept going because the ministry as part of it was so overwhelming. And I lost so much touch with what God was trying to tell me to do. I didn't even listen to him anymore. And I had every excuse under the sun of why things didn't work. I love listening to this guy. His name is Jim Rome. He's from a long time ago, a motivational speaker. He's he's since died probably 10 years ago. But he said this. He uh, He was going through life, early in life, and he couldn't find any success. He said, well, there must be a reason for not having success. I think I'll make a list. Well, I don't get paid as much because the government takes all the taxes out. My job doesn't really pay me that much. So the government, and then my job, and then I blame my wife, and then I blame my kids, and I blame my car. And I I even blame the weather. I had quite the list going. So he gets a mentor, and he finds his mentor. And his mentor says, hey, Jim, why do you think you're not being so successful? He said, I'm glad you asked. Great question. I've got a list. So he hands his list to him, and he reads it to him, and the guy just listens patiently. He said, Jim, one problem with your list. He goes, oh, yeah, what's that? You're not on it. Ouch. And one problem with me in my life and the way that I was living, I wasn't on the list. Matter of fact, I wasn't the only thing on the list, and that was the problem. How many of you know that you get so caught up and so wrapped up into something that the Bible calls it a, a root of bitterness takes over? And so all that root is feeding itself, all the nutrition that that root is getting is just bitterness. And it comes from being dissatisfied. It comes from trying to do it on your own. It comes from looking at faults in everyone else. My marriage isn't that great. My kids aren't that great. And it just begins to grow into where all it is is just bitterness. God is good to me. God gave me a wife who does not play games. And she's not going to play games with me either. She did it for a while. And she watched me live this out. So what she said to me next, I say this to you, and I want you to understand that she did not say this lightly. My wife is not one who talks a lot. I'm the one who does that. She doesn't talk very much. So when she speaks, she means it. Oh, we had gotten into some nasty fights. It was all me. I didn't think it was me, but it was me. You know what she said to me? Listen, if you're a man in this room and you're married and your wife says this to you, best you listen, because she knows you. My wife killed me that day, and thank God she did. She said, it's not special being your wife anymore. Oh, come on, somebody, that's not true. She said, it used to be. I was Brian Mason's wife. Now, this is not what she said, but this is what I heard. She's far more eloquent than I am. But the gist of it is when she met me, she knew that nothing was impossible and that she was special and that she was cherished and that she was loved. And the life that was ahead of her by being married to me was going to be incredible. She was special, but that was gone. 
She says, I don't want that anymore. You know what she said to me? She said, you preach and you tell all these people about Jesus and the life that's transformed through Jesus, but you don't live it. Good Lord, this woman, I thought. You're on my list. <laughs> She's the problem. She wasn't the problem. Thank God for her. Check out this next verse in Jeremiah. It continues on to where we were. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God. The woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers. Never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through droughts. Bearing fresh fruit every season. Amen. There's something about that and what she said and coming back to the realization that when things were great, it's when God was in control. Amen. Incredible things happened when God was in control. And so thank God that he used my wife to speak into me. And he put people in my life who could just understand who I am and let me be who I am and let me learn what I needed to learn and to get through it. Incredible how much God loves me. Incredible. And you think that God loves me like that? How much more does he love you? Because I'm telling you, I'm a mess. I know that I'm really good looking, but I'm a mess. See, I knew I could finally get some more laughs out of you. I don't know why you laughed at me being good looking, but that's fine. Whatever. I don't want to hold that against you. Whatever is in your life, I want to encourage you with something. You're married here today. You're a man and you're married. God has given you one of his own. Understand that's one of his. And he saw fit to give her to you. That's incredible. So I have to learn how to love my wife. This is crazy to me because I was a pastor and I went to Bible college and I'm supposed to know all these things. But guess what? I know that I'm supposed to love my life, my wife and my kids, but I don't exactly know how to do it, which is crazy because I was a youth pastor, for crying out loud. How do I not know these things? God in his grace took me out of ministry and sat me down and said, find joy in me. And I did. Now I've got this great, the most amazing joy and the most amazing peace that is going on in my life. It's absolutely incredible. I'm to a point now that if I never preach again, so be it. If I'm never in ministry as a job or even as a volunteer, so be it because I'm running with the King of Kings. Amen? And there's a peace that rests upon you when you turn it all over to him that's incredible. Now he speaks to me like he used to speak to me because I'm willing to listen. You know what I started doing? I've got teenage daughters and they're amazing. And I've got an eight-year-old son. The kid's incredible. But I used to get so caught up and I need Saturdays because I need a day off because I'm exhausted. I said, forget that. My kids are growing up and I'm going to miss all of it. And my wife and I were getting older. I'm going to miss all of her. So what I'm going to do and write this down, because if you're a man in this room, this is what you ought to do. Every Saturday, I take a kid out. Started with my son. He's real big into cars right now. He's eight years old. Loves cars. Went out and we were trying to find the new Corvette. Just shopping around. Man, it was awesome. And, and then we went to McDonald's. It was great. The next Saturday, my 13-year-old daughter, she's really big into snowboarding. I found this ski shop over off Metcalf. The guy's been there since the 60s. He knew all the history of snowboarding. He's got the antique stuff in there. He's run, given us the rundown. Hole. It was absolutely incredible. And I took her out to lunch. And I took my oldest downtown to Messenger Coffee because she's a teenager and she loves the city. So we went down there because they have a, a three-story uh, coffee shop, and you can sit on the roof, and you can see the whole skyline. And she loved it. And there's a couple of women behind us speaking Russian. I mean, she was like, this is crazy. I was like, I know, it's pretty awesome. But I got to know who she was. And then I thought, well, now it's time for a real date. 
So then I said, I looked at my wife and said, it's your turn. She goes, what are we going to do? I said, oh, I know what we're going to do. It's adult time. Went down to that peculiar winery. I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> we had wine slushies. Pinkies up, baby. It was awesome. Don't get the mango. It's not good. But the cranberry, I thought, this is delicious. But it was just a time I just got to sit my wife in the back of our truck, popped the SUV tailgate up, and I just sat back and I enjoyed my wife. I didn't think about anything else but how smoking hot she was. I mean, how, what she was saying, it was great. She was beautiful, wonderful. <laughs> great conversation we had. But it was this time I got to be with her. It was incredible. And I don't care about anything else. Watch this last passage. Oh, we are really short on time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think on these things. Amen. Whatever you have going on in your life right now that's taking control of your mind, you switch it and you turn it to God. Listen, God knows your need. Amen? Bring your needs to God. Yes, do that. I remember when I was going through the hardest times, right when we first moved out here, I read this book where this guy said, when I pray, this is how I pray. I picture that there are millions of believers at God's feet praying. And I don't want to be just like that. So I imagine myself standing up, waving my hand. God, look at me. I'm here. I'm available. Whatever you want to do. You're amazing. Hey, see me in the back. Woo! Hey, right here, right here, right here. He said, that's how he prays. I thought, this guy's an idiot. That's the greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. So now when I pray, I, of course I bring him my need because he wants to know our needs. Amen? You're his child. So you bring that to him, and he takes care of that. But you bring God a need, also bring him a seed because he'll plant that seed in your life, and he'll grow it, and he'll nurture it, and everything that you've got going on will be 10 times better than you could ever imagine. I want to tell you the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. I was listening to motivational speakers. I, they crack me up. I just love them. And I heard what had to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. This man said, you know, man, when you get home from work, it's easy to just be tired. You sit your stuff down. Get a little bit of dinner. Say hi to the wife and the kids. And you sit down and watch football or you sit down and watch TV or you get wrapped up into politics. Good Lord, I grew up in D.C. If you get wrapped up in politics, it will destroy your life. If you are, if you are uneasy right now because of the election cycle, can I just tell you this? Whoever gets elected, whether you like it or not, it's who God wants in that office. That's where you find your rest. Incredible to think about, but it's true. Or maybe your husband gets home before you and we get home from work and you're exhausted and you set your bags down. Finally, some peace and some rest. And you don't do anything else. What does your life look like if you do that? What are the problems that you have going on in your life if you did that? I don't know your situation. Your situation might be absolutely crazy. You might have a health concern or something that's not your fault, but it's crazy. You could be looking at a terminal illness, something crazy. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I know that if you approach everything that's in your life with some lackadaisical attitude, thinking that you have some sort of control over it and trying to grasp that, it will eat you alive and it will tear you up. So instead of coming home 
or instead of even approaching a situation, being upset or carrying the weight of something, I want you to do this. Man, when you get home from work, when you get home from work, I want you to drop your bags and I want you to yell, babe, where's my girl? Where you at? And run to her, like literally run to her. And you grab her, twirl her, dip her, kiss her. Say, thank God I'm home with you. If you're a wife whose husband gets home before you, you drop your bags and you go, hey, boy, where's my boy? I don't care if you're 30 or 60, you're doing this. Where's my boy? And you go and you grab that man by the face and you give him a kiss and you tell him that, thank God, you're my man. It will completely change your marriage. Completely. And there's a sense of vulnerability there. And that's why I thought it was stupid. Because in my mind, I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not an idiot. What is she going to think of me? What's the truth? My wife's been through everything with me. She already knows I'm an idiot. So what does it matter? Right? But it's throwing caution to the wind and it's saying, thank God that I'm here with you. And it will grow your life. If you're a teenager, Run home to your parents. Walk in the room. Mama! Where are you at? Your mom will eat that up. She eats you up too. It will change your relationship. Do it with your kids. Do it with your job. Your attitude will change the course of your life. Because here's the other truth too. You have a choice. Your life can be absolutely incredible. Or it could be the same as everybody else's. You don't like your job? Get a new job. This is America. You can do whatever you want. It's just that simple. Maybe you say, well, I don't have an education, so I can't get a better job. Guess what? I went and got a bachelor's degree, and I got a master's degree, and I got a job that requires a high school education. I'd make more money than I've ever made. America. This is nothing but excuses. And there's a sense of vulnerability that requires you to just step out of your own shell and to do it. I'm going to ask you to do that right now. Because the whole central theme of this whole thing has been what? God. And without Him, nothing happens. Through Christ, all things are possible. Let's pray. I went over my time, but I knew I would. Jesus, that's okay. God, every single person here is here today, not by accident. God, you are special. Being your boy, being your girl is special. God, a sense of adventure, you are worth following. You are absolutely incredible. Thank you for being you, the God over everything. We come today tired and weary. Our thoughts driving us crazy. We've taken on responsibilities one stone at a time and that backpack is so heavy we can barely stand up. There's some people in this room today, Father, that knows that they carry a burden into this room. Will you tell them right now that that burden is not theirs to carry, it's done and they need to leave it at your feet. I'm asking you earlier in your own head to just be vulnerable and just to let it go. If that's you here today, let it go. I'm not going to ask you to stand up here, come up front or something. Let it go. And enjoy this sense of peace. When it says the peace of God will rest over you, the biblical sense of that peace is it's like a fortress. It protects you. 
And that peace is there and it's available for you. So lay it down. Amen. Maybe you're here today, you don't even know Jesus. You've never met him. You've never surrendered your life. And if you're being honest, maybe you've always kind of known. But there's that, there's that threshold of vulnerability that you're not willing to cross over. You cross over that line, there's that freedom, that sense of belonging, that peace that rests upon you, that knows that you are with him forever, that security and that comfort and that love washes over you. If you don't know Jesus, give your life to him today, whether you're online, sitting on a couch, making French toast, whatever you're doing, you give your life to Jesus today. He wants you, he loves you, he made you with a purpose. He made you because he wants you. If that's you here today, you can put your hand up say, I need Jesus. You just put your hand up high, I need Jesus. And you just follow me and say, Jesus, I need you. God, I know that your son died on the cross for me, that he took the weight of this sin, he took the weight of life onto himself. And he did it so that I could be restored and that I could be with you. And I give my life to you, I surrender it to you. Praise you, Jesus. New life has been found in you today. Amen. We see you. God, how we love you and we thank you for this day and thank you for using a fool like me to talk about something incredible like you. Amen. Am I a powerful word? If you were here today and you made that decision just to, to, to make a decision for Jesus, I want you to know that we are so excited for you and we want to help you in any way that we can. We've got a couple great next steps for you today. So the first one is this, man, let us know about your decision. The way you can do that is by texting RL next to 97000. We'll have a team member reach out, call you, call you over the phone, just encourage you, tell you how much we care about you, what your next steps can be. They'll, they'll resource you and help you in any way that we can. If you're with us in person at a gathering, uh, another great step would be is stop at the back of the worship center. There's these red bags at the back, sit on a table right behind this curtain. There's a Bible in there. There's some other resources. Grab one of those on your way out. What a great way just to just to cement that, that decision, just to make a great uh, first step walking with God. Hey, for everybody else, I've got a great next step for you to do uh, today too. Uh, Drew talked about we are launching life groups today. And after hearing a word like that or hearing a message like that, it is so important for you guys to jump in a life group. You know, we leave here every week, right? And it's so good to hang out with you guys on a Sunday. But the real work, the real fun begins outside of these, uh, these walls. Get in a life group. You'll have people that surround you, care about you, love you. What a great way to grow your relationship with people. What a great way to grow your relationship with God. So you can get signed up today by going to reallifechurchkc.com. Don't miss out. I love what Brian said. Get rid of your burdens. Get out of your head. And it's so easy to do that and think, man, I'm going to do that right today. And then we walk out and you're like, oh, what do I do next? Get around a group of people that will help encourage you and they will help you take that next step in that direction. I want you guys to know that your generosity is making a difference and it makes a difference day in and day out. So we get to give. We don't have to give. And so I just love how you guys are so faithful and you guys make a difference in people's lives every week. So as always, there are three ways that you guys can give. The first one is going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Click the giving tab. You can text any amount to 84321. Or the last one is there's a box at the back. You can drop your cash or checks in there right there. So I want you guys to check out this video and see how your generosity is making a difference this week. What's up, real life? I have an exciting and encouraging story that I want to share with you 
this week. This is Kat, and Kat is one of our awesome custodians that helps us get going. In fact, her first time ever uh, setting up KT for us was on Baptism Sunday. And here's where the story gets even cooler. Not only was she great that Sunday, but she ended up coming back the week after on her own, and she brought her kids and a friend. So, Kat, I mean, I'm just blown away by that. Your first Sunday, you know, you're on the clock. What was it about real life during that time, you know, your work time that made you think, man, I'm gonna come back next week on my own and bring a friend? I really liked how friendly everybody was. The service was great. I kind of peeked in at the childcare. I thought my kids would fit in really well. And I brought a friend with me because I felt like I wanted to bring her back into church. She's been out of church for a little bit and I wanted to pray over her. That is so cool. I just love hearing stories like that. We hear those stories all the time from people that have never checked out what we're doing in real life. They're bringing their friends that need to get back into it, like Kat said. Man, that's just so encouraging. I hope someone out here is thinking about a friend that they have in their life today. Maybe there's somebody that matches kind of what Kat was saying. That would be so cool. Maybe that's like the kick you need <laughs> to bring a friend with you next week here at Real Life. Now, you know, Kat, we have 13 life groups that just launched, and I was a bit of a looky-loo, I'm not gonna lie. Did I notice that you've already signed up for a life group? Like maybe the coffee group with Joel? Yes, I wanted to, um, I was really part of my old church and I wanted to get more involved in this church and have my kids get involved and just want to be a part of a church family. Well, you picked an awesome life group. I know that group, A, they're cool. They're just a lot of really cool people. B, it's like delicious coffee and Kat, I just can't say like what an awesome story you have. I just love like not only that you were just like, oh, you know, real life was nice and maybe I'll go some other time, but like, man, week two, you jumped in, you're bringing the fam, you're bringing a friend, you're, you're gonna go check out a life group. I mean, if you've never done a life group before, this is it. Kat, you're awesome. Let's give it up for Kat, everybody. Come on. Yeah. It's awesome to see people get connected, even on their first Sunday. So this is an opportunity for you guys as well. We can't wait to see you guys on a life group. You're going to make friends that will last the rest of your life. Get signed up today. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. Uh, can we give it up for Brian Mason one more time? That guy always brings it. Next week, another great message in this series at 9, 30, and 11. Don't forget to invite your friends and family. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you guys next week.